0: We sit back and watch for the bullshit, 'cause you know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. Welcome to episode 8 of BS with Brian Simpson. I'm Brian Simpson. um, I'm very sorry to everybody. Uh, I I did not put out an episode uh, last week. I was on a trip to Boston. And by the time I got back in town, it was just so many things, you know, how things go sometimes. Um, but it was a dope trip. It was a dope trip to Boston. I, it was, uh, I was visiting, uh, friends from the Marine Corps, some, some of which I hadn't seen in almost 15 years. Um, you know, various, some 10, some 7, some 5, some yesterday. But, you know, all of us had, we all hadn't seen one another in a long time. And, um, and it was, it was, it was very, it was very cathartic for me. Um, especially being when it comes to like stand up comedy. Um, you know, or, or just whatever this is, whatever, I don't even, cause I don't know of, you know, when it comes to being a thinker, when it comes to being that person that's like, Oh, the, the, I'm going to give a lot of thought and then put them thoughts out in the world, you know, whatever that is now. Cause I mean, I guess anyone can do that. Um, but to try to do it professionally, what I mean, um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a lot of introspection and a lot of, changes in perspective and uh, you know thinking through things logically and, and 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 analyzing and breaking down and unpacking ideas and all of that you know so it's good to get the, the mind a little tune up is the problem is the point I'm trying to make um and and that was great because especially I mean I've been in Hollywood for a few years now and um Hollywood can be if you know if you stay here too long you can be very caught up in um in trends the trendy i mean i mean it's like that everywhere but more so here everything here is trends everything here is what's in and you can get so caught up in that that you 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 know you you can sort of lose you you slowly lose little pieces of yourself if you stay here too long and you don't visit home and people like you it's healthy to go every now and then and be around people that know you, you know what I mean? That know who you are. And, you know, your, your family is like a mirror, you know, that that you, every now and then you got to hold that motherfucker up to your face. Um, yeah. But then at the same time you got to get the hell out of your hometown too. I'm not saying, uh, you know, it's, cause being, you know, cause if you stay too much around the people that know you, then you, you 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 don't have room to grow. No, you know, in moderation, everything. Anyway, for me, the point is just being around, being around those people I hadn't seen in forever that knew me way back when, and us being from all different walks of life, and um, and just you know, different political uh, views, different religious views, uh, different, different, even different, uh, moral, I guess moral views or what have you. But there was there's there was something between us that supersedes all that. You you understand what I'm saying? And and that's what that's what I'm talking about. The difference is just like being being um being in LA and being so close to where so much of me the media is is focused on every day. And like every single day at you go to a comedy club and there's people talking about what was in the news or what happened. With that celebrity or what's going on in the white house, you know, he's like, you're constantly as a comic here, you're, you're, you're constantly aware of all of, all of that shit. And, 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 uh, and there, there is a, there's a lot of pressure to be, to conform. You know, there's a, there's a consensus, correct view on things. And if you don't have that view, then fuck you. Or, unfriend me or you see people do that shit on facebook if you okay all right this this time that's it you know if you voted for trump unfriend me you know some sh- and shit like that and it's like nah i'm not feeling you on that you can you can disagree with somebody and still have love for them you know what i mean I, I, you know di- you know what i mean do whatever the fuck you want to do but i'm i'm I, I just can't do that i'm not built like that um you know i like i'm telling you I don't know how many people showed up I'm I'm just going to go off the top of my head and say 15 out of them out of the, out those 15 dudes nah bro I don't give a fuck what they did you know what i mean uh, <laughs> voting is the least is the least of the thing i mean look i mean in, the, in the, even the, like even if they did something evil you know i would you know, I wouldn't support their actions, but I would still I could still be able to have a conversation with one of the motherfuckers, you know. So I, you know, I I, I don't understand people that like they ain't even talking to their family and shit over politics, over social media, over shit that you wouldn't even know about <laughs> you know, you wouldn't even know that your auntie was a Republican if there was no such thing as Facebook or Instagram, you know what I mean? It's, it's so it's, it's weird that you don't, you know, it's weird to me. Like I said, do what the fuck you want, but I have, my point is I have lifetime friends. Hadn't seen the motherfuckers in a long time. And, uh, and it was cathartic to do so. Um, yeah. recentered my shit on what matters most. What matters the most in life is having meaningful relationships everything else is below well you know survival and then having meaningful relationships um and and actually and I'm not, that's not just my opinion uh there's a book called i want to say it's called triumphs of experience and it's all about the harvard grant study where they surveyed uh all the men that went to harvard you know over like a, a 70 year span their whole lives and all the things. And they had them take a survey every year or every few years. And at the end of it, at the end of it all, when they had all the data, when it was all said and done, that's the conclusion they came to. That Like the, the thing that mattered the most in whether people had happy lives was whether they had meaningful relationships. It wasn't how successful they were. wasn't how much money they made. It wasn't whether everybody around them agreed with them it was none of that it was whether they yeah had meaningful relationships so you know that's something to chew on something to chew on um but yeah boston also shout out to the boston comedy scene they gave me some dope stage time while uh, while i was there i didn't realize that you know i knew my friend didn't live in boston proper but i didn't know that like you know the the the, the transit system in boston is fucked up it's weird it's 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 confusing it's so it's not confusing. it's just you know like i caught the train to, anyway the point is um um yeah i made it to the shows that people threw my way and uh some of the things i couldn't make it to because i was just too far out and the train system there is fucking weird and they'll, you know, they'll drop you off, but then you can't get back on the train because it comes every four hours or some dumb shit like that. So, uh, yeah, the comedy scene in Boston was dope. Um, um Obviously, the food was dope. Um, I hadn't had, like, because I missed the good East Coast food. We roasted a pig. The shit was, yeah. Anyway, um, I do, I got, my black history today is going to focus on Boston. Um, But before I get to that, this news story came across. I got a notification for this. I don't know why Google thought to tell me this, but uh, shout out to Google, because this was right on the money. This is shit (laughs) that entertains the hell out of me. So uh, this is according to CBS News. There's a... Man. So this... (sighs) This lady calling herself, uh, what the hell, what was her name? Natasha Aponte, Natasha Aponte, so Jesus Christ, man. So basically what this lady was doing, what she did was she, she, she matched with a lot of dudes on Tinder. Right, she matched with a lot of dudes on Tinder, and um, and then she hit them all with the same with the same game. She said, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, you know what? Um, um, well, she matched with this dude. She matched with this dude on Tinder. I'm sorry, she matched with this dude on Tinder, and she uh, this dude's name is Spencer, I think. She matched with this dude on Tinder, and she said, um. Hey, I'm really interested in, you know, meeting up. Like after they texted for a while, she said, Hey, I'm really interested in meeting up, but, um, I'm real busy this week. I'm working on this project. So, um, how about, you know, I'll hit you up in a couple of weeks, blah, blah, blah. This dude thought she was just blowing him off, ghosting him, whatever. And, uh, and, uh, and then he, he, uh, you know, he gets a call from her a couple of weeks later or a text from her a couple of weeks later going, hey, you know, meet me over here in this park um, um, at this concert. You know, meet me next to the stage, blah, blah, blah. He shows up and this bitch is on stage surrounded by bodyguards and he realizes that <laughs> The fifty other dudes in the crowd, she did the same thing too. What? And she's on she's on the microphone, and she announces uh, that actually it was going to be a competition to see who could go out with her. It'll be a competition. So you know, obviously, my boy Spencer, he claims that he walked away, but about. You know, several little dudes walked away, but about 10 of them stayed and competed. What the fuck is wrong with you? You stay and compete because first of all, this woman has already shown you that she duplicitous, man. She She's already shown you she's sneaky, conniving, manipulative. She must have been fine. I ain't seen no pictures of her. I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen business the of them, but I mean, uh, to, uh, to, to, if to show up in that situation and compete, cause don't get me wrong, dudes be competing anyway. You know, you see dudes out there at the club and shit, peacocking or whatever, any situation. They, they, they it's a subtle competition. Uh, very rarely does it get, does it turn into like an actual acknowledged competition. You know, except for those loser ass dudes that strike out at the club and then want to start fights with people afterwards. But that's neither here nor there. The what kind of what kind of fucking person would you do you have to be to to even to even have man? This girl must be something else. I'm telling you. I wish I could find a picture of her ass because. I, no, there's, there's no one's that beautiful. No one's that beautiful. And how shallow, anyway? Even if she was that gorgeous, how shallow would you have to be, to to to, to really, to really go through with that? And I was talking to a friend of mine about that, and, and 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 I made that exact point, and um, and he said, "So, nigga, what if it was Beyonce?" Nah, look. I love and respect Beyonce, but fuck her too, nigga. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not showing up to a party where you invited fifty other niggas, thinking it was a date, and then I'm a, and then I'm a, I'm a run, I'm gonna get in a foot race to see who get to take you out. What kind of shit is? That? <laughs> yeah, cause you know what. You, but you know what though. I, you know what? I might. I might. Cause I'm petty like that. I'm petty like that. I might win that motherfucker. You know, I might I might invite you out to dinner, then you show up to dinner, and there's ten other women there. You know? And I'm like, yo <laughs> whoever whoever raced down this <laughs> whoever can whoever runs to the seven eleven and come back with a swish of sweep first barefoot get to eat or something like that. I'm petty like that. I would, I would devise a scheme to get revenge. I don't know that that's how angry I would be. If I was this guy, there's no way, there's no way that I could have walked away from that situation and left it alone. I mean, maybe I could have, but I would be seething boy. I'd be so, you know, Cause man, insulting my intelligence, that shit just get under my skin real bad. That shit just this it, yeah. This is some kind of this is some kind of <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Uh yeah, but uh but to those ten dudes that stayed, yeah, you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. You value yourself, man. Have some fucking dignity. I don't know. Who am I to judge you? Maybe this is maybe that's your one shot at getting pussy—the forty-yard dash. I don't know. I don't know your. I don't know your life. It's fucking crazy. Do you know? Actually, some, something similar happened to me—not that exactly—but I remember a long time ago. I mean, this was years ago because I don't do like the dating apps and stuff, you know. But but years ago, I was on. So a friend talked me into trying. Um, See this was before Tinder. This was what the fuck was it called? Fuck, I forget the name of it, but it was, you know, it was it was a popular dating thing website or whatever. And uh and I showed up to um uh, I I met the, I agreed to meet the lady for breakfast. And I don't know why the fuck I agreed to meet this lady for breakfast because I'm a comedian. I don't get up early. You know what I mean? And this is when I this is when I just started comedy, and I was you know, and I was going hard. You know, I'm talking about every night. I tried to hit every mic, and then I was up all night talking shop, going over my shit. Just I, I was just obsessive. I was just crazy. Like I never, I didn't go to sleep until like four or five in the morning every morning. I still don't, but back then it was, it, you know, it was because. It was less about the the uh I was just all about the grind. But my, my point is I agreed to meet this lady for breakfast. So it was like I'm up all night. So I you know, so my strategy for when I'm up I'm I know I'm gonna be up late and then I gotta get up early. You know you gotta make that you gotta make that decision. I'm not gonna stay up and just power through uh and just be miserable all day or am I going to go to sleep you know get 2 3 hours of sleep and then wake up and be fucking tired all day you know and uh I decided to get some sleep right and I and and I was like so I show up to this place I'm half asleep anyway and uh and this lady you know, she was gorgeous she was she was gorgeous and uh and she, you know, just, we was having a regular conversation. Shit was going normal. And then, and she and, and she didn't just drop it on me, but she subtly wove it into the conversation. This, this is the way I remember it anyway. And, you know, somehow or another, I ended up taking, a, you know, it was basically like a, a, like a quiz or so. <laughs> okay, because the way I'm <laughs> the way I'm saying it isn't uh, the way I'm saying it isn't giving it what it is. Like, like, like we we I forget what we were talking about this because this was a long time ago. But. You know, but she, you know, we, we must have got on like what book she was reading. She was like, "Oh, I'm reading this book with these logic puzzles or something." I was like, "Oh, wow, that's interesting." She's like, "Oh, really? You want to take one?" It was like that, you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And she gives me one puzzle, and it's and it's like and it's like, uh, you know, and and it's like a, you know, it's like a b c, four five six. And she's like, you know, what would the next thing be? And and basically it was like two or three things like that. And no matter, and the thing is, no matter what answer I gave, now keep in mind, I'm still half asleep. Cause I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty smart guy. You know what I mean? Or, or I, I like to think of myself as fairly, uh, intelligent, sharp. I do dumb shit all the time, but yeah, I can sharpen up. Right. So anyway. I fail these tests because that's the thing. There are no wrong answers to these questions is what I end up finding out at the end. She's just trying to see, but there are multiple answers. You know, there are the, there are obvious answers. And then there's out, out of the box, creative answers, outside the box, creative answers. And that's what she was looking for. So every time I gave a, a straightforward answer to the question she asked, she would show me how like another way that I could have thought of it, or an- another way I could have interpreted the pattern, blah blah. And after she got to like three or four of these motherfuckers, right? So, so we we're sitting face to face at a two person chair at, at this cafe, and and we're lined up, we're like up against the window. So so it's just a row of tables like this. So so you know, so there so there's a table behind her. So basically, she you know, she's back to back. I'm I'm at, the t- I'm at the table by the front door. So she's back to back with the next person at the next table. And so by the time I got this third or fourth joint wrong, she tapped, she got up and, you know, she thanked me. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. And then she tapped the lady on the shoulder that was sitting behind us and they left together or they were sitting behind her. You know what I mean? Like what kind of shit is that? She was bad though. Um, and she was smart too but fuck her dude (laughs) you know what I'm saying like what kind of but I don't know I don't know because how can I judge her like that because you know because I try to understand I try to look at it from other people's perspective but god damn that made me feel like shit you know And, and especially because because i wasn't in the i wasn't in my because you know what i do remember she told me she was a teacher she was she she taught some probably some elementary school or something so you know she used to being up at five in the morning and being at her sharpest you know what i mean she used to getting up in the morning i'm here i am i ain't even get to give it my best shot i was so mad because i really just wanted to win <laughs> So am I am I mad because I was tested or am I mad because I failed? Man, that's something I gotta work through in therapy or something. Maybe just no, just weed. I just need weed for that. So yeah, I I I guess I can sort of relate to this motherfucker. I don't know. Um But I don't know. Maybe she maybe she maybe she went through some some shit. You know, maybe the last dude just fucked her up to the point where she was like, "You know what, motherfuckers got to meet this, this, that criteria, and I ain't even fucking around no more. I'm straight tested niggas." <laughs> that yeah, that's cold. I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. I don't know. I just don't like that shit happening to me. But this, I don't know. But fuck. But but this girl, this is another level though, because this is was she with so i don't even put these two women in the same category i just it just made me think of that story but this uh natasha whatever the fuck fuck her fuck her for sure cuz what she did was on some it was on some weird like narcissistic type shit you know what i mean like you don't get to run your own next from mtv you don't get to do that in real life just fuck with people time nah man because i'm tell you something t- if t- time is life you say time is money time is life fuck money somebody that don't respect your time don't respect you man it's just that fucking simple pay attention to the people in your life that don't respect your time ever you know what i mean like and, and when i say respect your time i'm talking about the motherfucker that show up late, that's that's one thing, you know, because I got some of my close friends, they're forgetful as fuck. They always late, blah, blah, blah. But it ain't about them. But but a motherfucker that show up late and don't give a fuck. Like like they don't even feel bad about it, they don't even apologize. Fuck that motherfucker. That, that person don't respect you as a person. I'm trying to tell you some good shit. You probably dealing with a with a with a narcissist at the very least, or a sociopath. More likely a sociopath who is also a narcissist. Um, yeah. Don't stop dealing with the motherfucker. I'm telling you, you're just going to be a source of constant frustration and feeling devalued and all that shit. Don't fuck with people that don't respect their time. You know? It's just that simple. <sighs> so, moving on. Black history. Boston. Um... I I Okay, so Boston has a weird reputation when it comes to uh racial tensions and the way it's kind of uh, weirdly segregated. Um and um and at the same time, so 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 on my trip from Boston, I'm like, okay, I'm coming back from Boston. Boston black history in Boston. And I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be none. I thought it was going to be impossible. For I don't know why I thought that I thought it was going to be impossible to find black history in Boston. Right. And no oh, black Boston has mad black history, black history is everywhere. Black cause black history is American history. Brian Black people have been here from the beginning of the country. So yeah, of course we wove woven into the fabric. So of course it's black history in Boston, one of the first colonies, Massachusetts. Uh so um so then I, it just became it was just too much. I was going to do a whole thing about Boston black history, but it's just too much cuz the first dude I started with it, it, like I can't even do a whole episode on him. Like it would be a few hours. Maybe I might do that. Maybe I, you know, shit, it might give you. I might do might do a deep dive, bonus content or something. You know? But uh, but yeah, well Boston was the first uh state to abolish slavery or to outlaw slavery. Or well, Massachusetts, I keep saying Boston, Massachusetts um uh but but yeah the that's that's neither here nor there i don't even know why I brought that well it's kind of is part of this because um this dude is not talked about um enough he's not he's not he's not talked about enough okay let me just get to it um he this is one of my favorite people in black history he was born in Barrington, Massachusetts, motherfucker. Born in Barrington, Massachusetts, right after slavery uh, was abolished. I think slavery was abolished in 1865. Somebody slap the shit on me if that's wrong. Slavery was abolished in 1865. He was born in 1868. Um, and uh, I'm talking about William Edward. Beauregard Du Bois. Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois for short, people called him. W.E.B. Du Bois. Not Du Bois, Du Bois. That's how he said it. So that's how we saying it, all right? This is a great man. Um, From the very beginning of his life, he was... He was all about empowering the minds of black people. He was he was all about like showing the world that uh, that black intellectualism was a thing, and he was just a part of just everything, bro. He, uh, he, fuck. Uh, World War One. He he tried to start a a uh, he tried to start a, a, a school to train black officers. Uh, and, I mean, for for the war, and he got you know he got flack from every direction because you know some people believe uh, that you know white people believe that black men weren't smart enough to be officers, and black people believe that black people shouldn't be going and fighting a white man's war. Basically the same shit with every war we've ever had, really. Um, besides like the last few, the last couple, up to maybe Vietnam. That's how everybody felt about every war. Nigga, you know. The the military felt like niggas wasn't good enough to be at the higher echelons of power, and black and black people back home felt like the niggas that went to the war shouldn't be fighting the white man's war. Um yeah so that's that's where he found himself. Um so that World War II he this dude was Oh hold on, hold on. There we go. So, um um but he he you know he was part of bringing like a communist ethic uh here uh he was he was the first uh uh black person to graduate from uh, to get a PhD from Harvard. Um, he was a professor at Atlanta University. He was part of the first Pan-African Conference with Marcus Garvey. Uh, uh, he was responsible for publishing The Souls of Black Folk. So you gotta understand that at, at, at this point in time, the, the Souls of Black Folk was a uh, was a collection of essays by black authors and he, and he juxtaposed them right beside uh, essays or poems from white authors. And, and, you know, and that that doesn't sound that significant, but you got to realize like during this, at this day and age, there was no black people in the arts. There was no such thing. But black, black people didn't do, you know, he, he had to convince people even above the black people, that black folks were even able, capable of, of, of doing this, of being uh, artistic and intellectual in, in, and at, at the highest level. So I mean, it's not like black authors didn't exist, but it was seen as more of a novelty and not, not like, a, of course, nigga, black people write. Like that's how we think now, but it's because of people like W. E. B. Du Bois, because. You know, he he would do little stuff like this to show people, yeah, black black people can do it too. And it was more for black it, it wasn't it wasn't him trying to show white people that black people could do it. It was him trying to convince black people that black people could do it. You know, cause cause you know, rate the racism and self-hatred and all that shit was put into us as well. So, you know, and a lot of niggas still suffer from that shit, but that's a that's a whole nother episode. Uh but back back to W.E.B. Du Bois. So I mean he, he he was he was part of so many so many things uh in black history uh up to and including uh the the civil rights movement but one but uh but one thing uh, up to and including fuck mother okay up to and including the civil rights movement but uh but uh, so I I I can't do I can't do his whole life so I'm going to focus on this the part that I think is the dopest, uh, and that is when he was when he was early on the come up. Okay, uh, so before W.E.B. the the boy, um, there was Booker T. Washington. He was basically Booker T. Washington was, uh, uh, you know, sh- shit. You you think of Booker T. Washington as the uh, the the Martin Luther King of the of the early 1900s, you know, and, um, you know, B- Booker T. Washington was the director of the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. Um, he tr- he wielded tremendous influence within the black community and white communities, and he was the architect of the Atlanta Compromise, which was very popular at the time. The Atlanta Compromise was an unwritten deal. He struck with Southern uh, white leaders who dominated state governments after Reconstruction. So basically what Booker T. Washington agreed to with the Atlanta Compromise was uh, he agreed that Southern black people who mostly lived in the rural communities would submit to the segregation, the disenfranchisement, not being able to unionize, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. As long as Southern whites would permit Southern blacks to receive a basic education, a few economic opportunities, and justice within the legal system. And so so initially W.E.B. Du Bois congratulated Booker T. Washington on this on this groundbreaking uh thing. Um but he was ch- he was changed by a few things. Um, um he visited uh Atlanta uh, shortly after a black man had been lynched. Uh, by a by a, a, a angry crowd of white folks, and he was walking past a storefront and saw the dude's burnt knuckles hanging up in display like a triumph. I think that was the the, the the straw that broke the camel's back for him. Um, also at the time, uh, I want to say it was President Roosevelt. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but he, uh, he had uh. He discharged a hundred and sixty-something uh, black folks from the army. The uh, uh, they they'd been, you know, basically in 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 that military. They were in a military town, and you know, it was competition for jobs, and black people was getting blamed, and these you know, these folks got blamed for someone being shot, even though they were in their barracks the whole night. Um, And all, all hundred and some of them got kicked out of the military, even though a lot of them was close to like retirement. They were, you know, 19, 20 years in and the the president of the United States removed them, you know, to squelch, to squelch racial tensions or whatever. Um, Also in Atlanta, there was mad riots and uh, black people were just getting fucked up all over the place, and it was really, it was really just rich people pitting poor white people against poor black people, which is what they still do to this day. Um, to be honest with you, you know, we we, we none of us really do know who the enemy is. We think the enemy is each other. I'm telling y'all, the enemy is fucking rich people, dude. Like these filthy rich motherfuckers. God, but that's a whole nother episode too. Cause I I, I, I don't even want to set down that path because, ooh, nigga, I could get greasy. It, it, it's gonna, that's gonna stress me out. So <clears throat> uh anyway, back to the story. W e. B de Boy Du, Bois, du Bois, Um he uh after all that, he was like, fuck that. And this is <laughs> and this is a dope, this is one of the dope parts to me. Um W.E.B. Du Bois was like, nah, nah, f- you know, fuck the Southern Compromise, you know, f- you know, fuck the Atlanta co- Compromise. I'm going to form my own group. I'm going to form my own group. um, And we we're going to oppose that shit, you know, and this at this time he was fairly popular, but n- he was not nearly as popular as Booker T. Washington for, for him to publicly oppose uh, Booker T. Washington's agreement was a big deal. Um and uh, and those incidents I just talked to you about is what got a lot of black people on his side, but uh but he but uh, W E B Du Bois he formed what what, he, what was called the Niagara Movement. Uh man, this is dope. They call <laughs> he basically g- gathered all of these black intellectuals. You know, like like you gotta think about how dope this is, man. This is 1905. You, you know so you know he went he went around the, he gathered up all of the smartest black people he could find or black men he could find um um and i and i actually don't think I, i'm actually one of the dudes might be white but doesn't here nor know that um but they met um i think they met in canada and they 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 basically made their own sort of declaration of independence Right. Oh, this is the dope part. They called themselves Niagaraites. We need to bring that back. Niagaraites. That sounds like a superhero group or something. Uh, they called themselves Niagaraites, um, and and basically they were they were just the opposite. They were like, you know what, uh, you know, fuck, you know, fuck the Atlanta compromise. Fuck compromise. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh. He was this group. This group of black intellectuals was opposed to um, to, to his whole strategy. One of the, one of the group was was quoted as saying, uh, "Today, two classes of Negroes are standing at the parting of the ways. The one counsels patient submission to our present humiliations and degradations." The other class believed that it should not submit to being humiliated, degraded, and remanded to an inferior place. It does not believe in bartering its manhood for the sake of gain. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, and what he's getting at it is like, see, Booker T. Washington wanted to help black people fit better into their current circumstances, because that's what he thought was the best way. W.E.B. Du Bois and the Niagara Rights was like fuck that. It's the circumstances that's bullshit. So I, I'm and I'm with them on that. I'm I'm with them on that. It's the circumstances that's bullshit. That's what we need to change first. So, uh, um, and yeah. So short, shortly after, shortly after this, W.E.B. Du Bois became you know one of those one of the most powerful people in 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 the in the African American community, um, you know he he was a key factor in there even being a such thing as as black identity. He was a key factor in the Harlem Renaissance, so there wouldn't even be a Jay Z in Beyonce, perhaps, um, definitely not a Jay Z. Beyonce is inevitable, but definitely not a Jay Z, uh, if not for W E B Du Bois. You know, so he was like ninety something. He didn't he didn't die or get assassinated or nothing like that. But he did um, he died right before the Civil Rights Act was passed. He died in uh, he died the year before the Civil Rights Act was passed. He was born right after slavery was abolished. Um, actually, um he died the day before the March on Washington. The next day, they at that at the march on Washington for civil rights, uh, they he was given a moment of silence. That's how influential he was. I mean, I mean he 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 is um, he 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 is responsible. I mean, not solely, but damn, just a fucking large part of. of the sh- of the strength and focus and belief and recovery of black people in America of what, of just blackness, just the idea of blackness. So, um, yeah. So salute to W.E.B. Du Bois. Huh? Um, catch me. And, uh, I mean, if you're listening to this today, maybe it's too late to get tickets or whatever, but, uh, uh, I will be at, uh, hilarable tonight. Um, Tomorrow, I'll be at the Sycamore Tavern on another show, uh, like a veteran show thing. I'm just looking at my calendar, and like, I write shit down the way I need to remember it, uh, so deal with it, whatever, um, but if you really want to know what shows I got coming up, follow me on Instagram. Oh, also, this Friday, um, and I'll also be sharing this link on my social media, um, um, Follow me on Instagram at BS Comedian This Friday I have a, a short story that I read years ago um, I'm Coming out on, uh, on uh, KPBS, the San Diego's uh, NPR affiliate So yeah, NPR, might, um, it's they're doing a series called Incoming And it's about veterans coming home and, um, It's just my episode, I'm not... Um, I'm not like the, a key orchestrator or anything like that but uh, it's just my the episode where my story. being told that's gonna come out Friday just once I get the details I'll share that um <clears throat> yeah yeah that's it that's it um thank y'all for listening this has been BS with Brian Simpson if you got any questions comments concerns email me at BS Simpson at gmail.com and uh yeah, So, uh, coolie bitch with a French braid, expensive sneakers, skip the gold, pour no stars, you can lick a load, I'ma slide my face like a Niccolo, but it ain't green like piccolo, I be picking hoes, I love picking clothes. got a sip of nickelode, watch a basketball, can I live or won't you niggas die?